welcome listeners new and old to Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me, as always, are Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hi. Hey. How's it going? How you guys doing? All right, before we get started, we got a lot to talk about. But first, we just want a quick shout-out to the professor at Clearing Community College for giving us that little plug. It was great helping him out with his Top 5 Cards for Pioneer videos. And we want to say, you know, thanks to Ricky for helping us get that little connection going. Anything you guys want to say to besides just thanks? Uh, let me be the first to welcome all of the disgruntled modern players who will be listening to this podcast after their decks got banned. Uh, you are welcome here, and this is a safe space. I don't think I can beat that. That is all. Uh, yeah, um, and also mono- modern players and Ricky, we're sorry Splinter Twin didn't get unbanned, but you're sticking around with us for a while. That's right. It's sleeved up and ready. I just no, you're not to allowed to leave. The word. You're not allowed to leave the alleyway. We've been over this. Oh no, 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 no! Stuck in the alleyway. There's a card idea. You better, you better, you better hope you can win hot takes this week so you can come back inside. You you had it good because you didn't have to go last week, but now that you're not judging, and it's the back. cold fronts are coming through, I really need to be inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll let you stay in the hotel room at Pax. We're, that's you know we haven't decided that yet. We'll see. If I he's live good. in okay, whatever. <laughs> moving on, moving on. All right, so we had a big show. Uh, let's talk about modern real fast, right? Modern's depressing. You know, people wanted to watch. People wanted to watch Pioneer. People yeah. were clamoring for Pioneer. Give yeah. us Pioneer, they said. Yep. And we're going to get it soon. The, we the are. Magic Fests are starting soon. Uh, you know, We're going to get a lot of Pioneer coverage going forward. Let's take a look at the big event this weekend at the Classic over at SCG Knoxville. Big turnout once again for Mono Red, Big Red, or as it's now being called, Chunky Red. Mm. However you guys want to call it, you know, it's there. I think it's here to stay. It's probably, you know, probably King of the Fort right now. Uh, you know, first place, Tony Norton taking it down with Chonky Red. Uh, second place, Ross Miriam with Soul Tide Dredge. Third and fourth place, Jason Three and Wade Lawson, both on Hardened Scales. Dylan Han and Dylan Donegan also on Chonky Red. Steven Dickman on Mono White Aggro. And John Holland on Is It Phoenix, you know, locking it down. So, gentlemen, what do you guys think of that top eight? I hope that Ross Miriam just always is the dredge player in Pioneer. Don't you want to be the dredge player in Pioneer? <clears throat> I also want to be the dredge player in Pioneer, but uh, I mean, there, there's more than more than enough room for more than one dredge player in Pioneer. That's, that's fair. We'll have to don't get, don't, we, don't the... we have competing Pioneer podcasts with Ross Miriam? Should we? Shouldn't we not? Be, shouldn't he be our ridiculously good-looking rival that we do not talk about? No, no, I, I love Ross Miriam. He should definitely come and be on our show. We'll be on his show. We'll all be the same show. It'll be great. Oh, okay. Well, oh, is that is? Are you are you? An expressing... I don't think we can take is... that back now. It's been spoken yeah. I don't, I don't. You know. Uh, you know. Reach out to us, Ross Miriam. Uh, we'd be honored to be on your podcast. Add us on here. Add yeah, us. add us. Uh, at Crew Three Podcast, our DMs are open. I think mm. so. I don't know. I don't know how to. Are the DMs open? open? I don't know. I should probably go close them in case they are. You might want to close them. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Uh, Speaking of which, guys, if you aren't following us on Twitter, I'm in charge. I sort of handle our Twitter at Crew3Podcast. Chris and Ricky have their own socials there, but I'm sort of handling our main Twitter account there. Uh, Actually, you know what? I got a little bit ahead of myself. Ricky, you went to Magic Fest Austin and ran the Pioneer Gauntlet at the PTQs. So uh, let's leave... Big Red hanging over us here for a little bit, and let's go talk about your week. <clears throat> I had a lot of fun. I played uh, 18 rounds of Pioneer and ended up 13-5 and five over the weekend. So you essentially played a GP main event plus a top 8 every round, right? Not every round, but, I mean, yes. Essentially, yes. Yeah, cumulatively, I think is what he meant. Yes, cumulatively, yeah, yes. yes. Except I did not make any top 8s. Uh, <laughs> you you top 8 our heart. 
I did go X and 1 on the Friday event, uh, but I was uh, 10th place X and 1 and did not get to join my X and 1 brethren who made the top 8. But Yeah, that was that was a tough format. I was like, there was like <clears throat> 4 people on the bubble or something like that. Like, 8% is what separated Ricky from top 8, was opponent's match win percentage. Like, that was it. I'm... Had the same points as like 7th and 8th or something like that. Uh, it was so X and 1 all the way up into like 4th, I think. Oh, it was like wow. 4 or 5. Yeah, it was a tough one. I'm used to those events, though, like at uh, normal GPs and stuff like that. Those Sunday events are generally 6 O's and only mm-hmm. make top 8. Gotcha. Uh, I top 8 at the GP Houston PTQ way back when, and, and like going into round 6, being 5 and 0 and having to play was definitely terrifying. Yeah. So that's what I was sort of expecting, but they were a lot smaller. Well, not really. This, the first two were. The last one was pretty big. Yeah. But uh, they were a little smaller than I expected, so it was sort of nice that X and 1s could make it, and I'm happy for all the X ones that did make it. For sure. And day not two, salty. I was playing. Uh, I was playing X and 1 in the last round, and uh, if I had won, I would have ninthed. I lost it though, so uh, to a very well piloted mono green ramp deck. He had two cards left in library when he Oof. beat me. Mm. He now did not have an you... answer to Sphinx's rev. It almost you got Sphinx's, him. Sphinx's tutelage. Yeah, Sphinx's tutelage. I'd be impressed if you're playing Sphinx's Rev in, in Phoenix. I know, right? Yeah that, was, yeah, that would have been amazing, too. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about some of your... What, what were your losses, if you want to go into that real fast? You know, um, how did... I lost to uh, uh, Red-Black mid-range, like the Red-Black mid-range deck. I the lost to... against Command, that type of... Uh, it was, like, just... It was essentially, like, Big Red, but they splashed Black so they could play cards like Thoughtseize and... Angrath. I don't, I don't know what Big of... Red is. I only know what Chonky Red is. Okay, mm. Chonky Red. Chonky. Um, I lost to Jund Sacrifice. The standard deck? <clears throat> the standard deck, yeah. They get to play uh, Better Lands, and they get to play Thought Season the board. But other than that, the, the deck is pretty much a standard deck. Yep, we've been seeing a little uh, bit of that. It, just sort of, it sort of just got to me in Game 3. It just ha- it happens. It does. There was Magic a Corvold I wasn't ready for, and... Uh, it ran away with the game. I hear he's fake cursed. He is fake cursed. All right. Well, you know, Ricky. Uh, sorry, you didn't get to to, to you know, br- break into those top eights, but it sounds like a you know pretty good showing either way, regardless, right? Oh yeah, you, I did play against a lot of a lot of. I didn't see much Grohl. I saw a lot of the big red deck, the chunky red deck. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I just think that for now, uh, big reds kind of push Grohl out of the way. Uh, so let's use that as a segue back to what we were initially talking about. You know, is is Big Red just king of the format right now, or is this just you know some some good pilots, pilot, you know, running up running the the distance here? I think the deck is very good. Mm-hmm. It's not nearly as explosive as Gruel is. Sure, I mean that's the thing, right? This is the Gruel. Like depending <clears throat> on how you want to play it, if you play counters, you know, you just sort of build up over time. If you play Coco, you're just going to drop two Rabble Masters, and that's just going to end some games, right? Uh, but these these chunky red decks are pretty pretty linear uh, with with their game plans, right? I, I played against it four times over the course of the weekend. Their play patterns are pretty similar every time. Like, sometimes they have Soulscar Mage and sometimes they don't. They generally just play lands for two turns, try to stomp you into a giant, and then, like, eventually they're playing their Chandras, they're playing their Phoenixes, they're playing their Glorybringers. So there's, there's kind of a bit of contention between... Do you play Ch- Ravel- Do you play Chain Whirler and four and two Muta Vaults, or do you play the four Muta Vaults? And I'm trying to see what the uh, War Boss is kind of the alternative to Chain Whirler, right? Uh, what what which version do you guys like? I definitely, me personally, I like Chain Whirler a lot. There's a lot of you know Mana Dorks running around and stuff like that. The Chain Whirler just sweeps up, 
And clearly, I mean, that's the version of the deck that won. So how do you guys feel about that? Uh, I lost a Chain Whirler. He swept up a bunch of Pyromancer tokens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a chance to sweep up tokens, <clears throat> Chain Whirler's just insane and it's got first strike. I, I do have a spot in my heart for uh, Warboss. It's just it's a card that, you know, like you talk late game, both players are top decking. Like you'd rather probably top deck that than a Chain Whirler just because that starts making an army for you. So I, I get the argument either way. I think if you just if you had whichever one you had, you could probably play. I mean, I, I don't know what the what the difference is right now. Um, if you're getting like against certain decks, the chain whirler just doesn't do a whole lot anyway. So like if you can start making an army, hey. But you know when the the field is kind of muddled, the more boss isn't doing that much for you anyway because your tokens are just tacking into whatever and, and dying. I and this the, deck. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think the real deal in the deck, like the big star of the deck, is Glory Bear. It just really makes me think of back to like Almonkett standard, you know, that has a red list that just won on its own. Like you didn't even have to really try, you just kinda just played it out and you just, just won, right? You just fell uphill into victory. Yeah. Yeah. It really like in a format that has a lot of removal based on two damage and fatal push. Mm-hmm. Um, it just attacks from a completely different angle, like Karizev has three toughness, Torbrand has four toughness, Glorybringer has four toughness, Chain Ruler has three toughness, and I'm sitting there with all my shocks, and it, it's a hard matchup, definitely hard matchup. It, why, I just want to know, speaking of shock, why are we Why are we still playing Wild Slash? Like, come on, guys. It's just an you upgrade. Just, just I paid $4 for up? it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just, you just got to show off that you have them, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, that's where it is for me at this point. You could technically get it by with shock, it really does not matter that much nobody's really playing fog uh, there's some um, brave there's some brave elements out there right there's does some that, brave does that ever affect that there. i mean does, does yeah, the brave, brave the elements will still like counter though because it's protection it's protection i watched, you know, I watched it can't a be targeted one, i watched a one cedric phillips uh brave some elements against his opponents uh sit next to me a few times in the pioneer events i mean but you could still like 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 ricky put it up before like if you attack and they brave the elements to block you can wild slash their face so that they don't get the the benefit you know right there's but i mean reasons. if you're playing your brave the elements defensively you're not in a good spot i suppose that's true but uh, there's not you, a lot know, of brave the you elements can't you, it has like corner cases it is technically strictly better than shock mm-hmm. um and again, I spent four dollars each on mine, so I'm going to play. Yeah, but them. I mean, also like, I, okay, I guess you have Bonecrusher Giant and Glorybringer. You don't have like those are your only two ways, and like one Phoenix. I mean, most of your dudes aren't going to turn it on the Wild Slash on. Yeah, Bonecrusher like Giant. You might I know. I was saying. I mean, you have Giant. You have like Glorybringer. You have like eight creatures that turn it on, right? Right. I'm just going to say this. Um, Eldraine is way more broken than anyone has ever, ever thought of. Bonecrusher Giant would be ultra playable if it had a blank text box on its creature side. So so you're saying that Chris was wrong last week in his hot takes that you said he won with? No, that's I'm one not saying card. That. I'm yeah. saying that I was able to win the games against Big Red that I won by is it charming stomp? Yeah. That is honestly yeah. honestly how I won a majority of my games was just like uh, I could I could chart a course here, but I bet they're gonna stomp me. And I need to have an Is It Charm for that. Also, because... I wasn't trying to uh, downplay Chris there. I was just trying to... It's not like you were trying re- to undermine my victory. I, 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 was, I was trying to undermine your royalty and recrown myself mm-hmm. as king. Uh, okay, I see. Stopping Giant is an insane magic card. Bone Crusher it's, Giant. It's, it's great. I mean, it just... Like, like you said, Stomp is great. And then, you know, it's, 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 it, it's a 4-3 fourth, fourth body that just hurts to get rid of. Mm-hmm. 
Hoogland's been very high on that card. Like, he's loved that card since it came out. Like, just throws it and everything. In his like, mono black deck, he would play Bonecrusher Giant if he could. I, it's, a single, it's a single red pip on each side. It's not hard to do. Right, yeah. It's two cards that curve into each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and it's instant speed for the stomp. Like, it's gonna. It's, it's, this is, it's gonna, this, it might be the closest you could get to a planeswalker without actually being a planeswalker. There's probably some enchantment that's got abilities that it could probably claim that better. But the fact that yeah, it's, it's, it's got some abilities, yeah, the threat shaman, yeah, good call, good call. But uh, the fact that you know it can protect itself, you can get rid of a, a threat that would might hurt it before you actually play it. It's got abilities when you target it. A lot of text on that card. I, it kills. It kills if you're if you're on the if you're on the draw. It's gonna kill anything usually that comes down before it. Most of the time, yeah. Not Sylvan Carrotted. Not thing in the ice. Not okay. thing in the ice. Hey. All right. <coughs> so you know, I mean, this like, plays Chandra. I mean, that's another great card. And the sideboard. I mean, you got cards like Scapcan Berserker just to help again that uh, that control or that like Phoenix matchup, right? I mean, there's just. I have to read this card. Hold on. I don't know what this card does. It's scary. Let me tell you. Thank God it dies to shock. Uh, People tried to bring it in against me, and I was just like, "Woof, my wild slash is good here." Okay, so it's like uh, Eidolon of the Great Revel. Yeah, but only on your opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, okay. Man, I've seen a lot of Mizian mortars recently in sideboards. Card is good. Card is inexpensive. That's for sure. Uh, I think I've you know Mizian mortars. What's great about it is you have the two man option, but I could easily see. Uh, what's that new Wrath? Storm's Wrath maybe being played over it because it's just cheaper on the overload. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good call. I mean, it's for it's uh, isn't I think it's for Mizium Order is so good because it's each creature you don't control though. It's a one sided Wrath. So sure. I think a lot of people are going to want to pay two more. Giants when you overload it. True. Yeah. yeah Only good is the four mana Wrath. I see what you're saying, I guess, but the one sidedness of that card is pretty sick. True. All right. I'm I'm probably wrong there. You're right. Um, all right. So I mean, you know, that's kind of the idea of. You know, why Why is this big red deck so good? Why is it so dominant right now? Uh, but I've been broached the question a bunch, and I think it's something we've been trying to address sort of since this podcast even began. You know, why are these mono monocolor deck lists so format dominant right now? Um, you know, is it is it poor mana bases? Is it lack of fetch lands for these, these multi, like, very multicolor deck lists? I mean, because, you know, I think it's pretty clear that there are a lot of two-color combinations that you could play right now and still do quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why, why are these mono decks outperforming these, like, two, th- two and sometimes three-color decks? F- feels like we could write, like, a dissertation on that topic, almost. Like, there, there's a lot to that, I think. Uh, I think it's a great, a great conversation. I think it's something that probably everybody could bring a valid point to. One of the things I think of is, like, Mutavault is an insanely good card, and it's hard to play that when you're playing three colors. But just, you know, um, LSV was talking about, like, in his, uh, what's the, in Soul Artifact deck, throwing uh, the Ghost Fire Blade on a Mutavolt to win the game. And he's like, that yeah. comes up pretty often when you're just there tempting. So, like, I think mana probably is your, your biggest part of it. Um, synergies in there. Ricky, do you have any, any other thoughts on that? Well, it's an ultra-aggressive deck that beats the other ultra-aggressive deck of the format with the Grohl deck. Uh, are you talking about Warler. just monocolor in general, though, Ruckman, or are you talking about particularly Big Red? I, I'm just talking about, like, monocolor in general here. Yeah. Oh, well, like, I think it's just the the ease of mana and the use of Mutavolt, in my opinion. Yeah, sure. um, Devotion's black, also a strong mechanic. Mono black decks are still sticking around. Yeah. Um, the mono black aggros and the mono black uh, vampire decks, and they get to play Mutavolt, and it's really powerful. And Mutavolt's a key thing. I just think, like, personally, you know, obviously, without the fetch lands, you can kind of make three-color work, but you got to jump through some hoops for it. Mm-hmm. I just think it comes down to... Uh, these monocolor deck lists, right? 
Uh, it's thought that mana isn't available because I again I think any two color deck list you could easily have a mana base for it and do just fine. Yeah. I think Mutavault's a good call for you guys. I just think that when you add a second color, it just has to be doing something very powerful for you. You it have does. to have a reason for that second color. You can even play Mutavault in two color decks, but like even like you know Nykthos, another card that greatly benefits you for playing a lot, that of I play a lot of cards. Yeah, heavily. I mean, there's there are a lot of rewards for playing mono color, which I think is great, and I think it's actually great for also like budget deck builders um, because like if you play an off color or play some cards that you think could take advantage of the metagame. Um, I think you've got a, a bigger chance with Pioneer budget decks because of how versatile the format is than you probably do in any other format. You're probably not winning the whole tournament with like by substituting Thought Seizes for Duresses or something like that. But you know you can at least bring respectable game to the table, have some fun, um, do things like that with your monocolor deck, your two-color deck that's a little bit different, you know? And that's something we could definitely talk about in another week. Uh, I mean, I think there are a lot of still budget options. I mean, heck, like we said, Wild Slash versus Shock. Mm. Uh, and then, you know, there clearly there are a lot of commonality in cards on what, you know, are a lot of the driving prices behind the format. Mutavault's a good one, you know. If yep. you buckle down and buy your $100 play set of Mutavaults, I mean, you have those across however many decks, right? I mean, right, that's another. Yeah. There, Most there, monocolor decks use it. There, there are some very expensive buying cards in the format, but those are shared across a lot of the decks of the format, right? Right, yeah, yeah. A lot of people also just have Mutavaults already. Sure. Uh, two years ago was the GP promo, so anybody who went to a GP probably got like one or two just for hanging around. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, uh, it's definitely like before the Pioneer announcement, Mutavolts were $7. I, I like was going through my stuff and I had like two Mutavolts in sleeves that were marked 7 that I picked up before Pioneer. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely got to value on those because I definitely own my Mutavaults and thought these were walking the list. So this has definitely helped my collection with that. Like, like I said, it's been kind of a little bit tough because it's like deciding what deck I want to play because I have the pieces to a bunch of different decks and need to kind of combine them into like two or three. Just um, commit and make stupid orders on your right, card kingdom yeah. list. That's exactly it. That's exactly what I need to do. That's uh, my whole collection right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and Ricky, of course. Ricky, are you... When's, when's Modern Dragons happening? Ooh. Oh my lord! A buddy Modern of Dragons mine, Watch 2020. A buddy of mine had the Sarkins I was going to get from him, uh, but he misunderstood me saying my order didn't come in. I don't need your Sarkins this weekend. To I don't need your Sarkins. Mm-hmm. Oh so he, no! He sold he sold them. So I got to order some Sarkins. Oh. But Mono Blue Storm will be ready for packs. Yeah. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. We're we're we'll dropping some. Uh, are you missing any cards? Any cards um, from that? No, I okay, think so. I've got the paradoxical outcome type stuff. Oh, I've got. I I bought too many paradoxical outcomes. Okay, I have six. Yeah. Do you have? Are you the Brian Kibler of paradoxical outcomes with your stack of Daybreak Rangers? Is no, no, nowhere, nowhere close. Nowhere close. Uh, that's harsh mentors. I've got like eighty harsh mentors sitting in a box. Oh, okay, I want to say though, I did love. I forget who replied it, but Kibler did tweet out today, being like, you know, what character do you or like theme or whatever do you do you best apply me to and the number one reply was definitely daybreak ranger daybreak ranger, <laughs> daybreak ranger. i just remember watching that man stream with just a stack of daybreak rangers just shuffling them <laughs> oh my gosh oh so my gosh many. all right so i mean definitely you know moderate i think moderate's here to stay i think mono color decks in general are going to be strong i think there, like i said i think there are plenty of two color options to play uh, i almost am happy we don't have the fetches because I don't like. I think when mana is too perfect, degeneracy just happens, and mm-hmm. that's just become too many good stuff lists. Like I just think back to like cons of Tarkir standard. Ugh, and just just shudder every time. Like how many draws have we saved by not having to shuffle every like every turn? You know. 
Oh, I mean, that was the other thing. Of, I don't think we're ever going to see them printed in standard again. I mean, like, you're going to get, like, a Fable Passage here and there, right? But I don't think we're right. going to get, like, a set of, like, multiple true fetch lands because they just even cited there was too much eh. shuffle time. I, I would never question the power of money. I mean, if magic sales start turning uh, start turning down because they keep doing something really, really dumb. You're right. The, I mean, the, greed of, <laughs> the greed of Hasbro knows no bounds. Yeah, exactly right. I'm just going to say, I think I think uh, Uncle Hasbro might whisper in Mero's ear, Prince of Fetches to sell packs. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, going the other way real quick, I just feel like this is a somewhat appropriate segue if you're ready to, to move sure, on. Sure, yeah. Uh, is bring to, or Niv to Light, I guess. Bring to Niv, Niv to Light. Yeah, has so been you, dominating you, some of the online uh, events. Yeah, you were, you were talking about that. I mean, I think I think we've seen it in paper a bunch too, but I mean, it definitely feels like right now it's kind of the, uh, the online darling. Yeah, I, I have not seen it um, in paper do particularly well. But the last, like, four or five days in leagues and challenges and whatever else, the deck has been insane. And, um, you know, it just features the combo of Bring to Light and Niv-Mizzet Reborn. It's a Pioneer deck. It was a standard deck um, without Bring to Light, obviously. So, um, you know, you're probably familiar with the deck list, but it's been doing really, really well. And I was trying to kind of do some deep diving. I was like, why is it, why is it now the time? I was actually going to try and hit some people up on Twitter, um, some of the players. I checked to see if any of the guys who had 5 the leagues had Twitches or anything like that that I could watch to see what their play was like, but unfortunately no success there. So um, one thing that, you know, is a classic magic uh, mantra, though, is, like, a lot of control decks are not as good week one because, like, you don't know what the metagame's going to look like yet, so you don't know how to tune your deck. At this point, the format's been out for a while, and this is basically just a toolbox deck. Like, you put your color pairs in of cards that you really want to play, so one of my, you know, thoughts on this deck of, of why it's popping up so strong right now online is, you know, the metagame is pretty defined. Like, you know what you're trying to look for, so you can tune this deck and it's one of uh, pretty, you know, to whatever you're, you think you're playing and do uh, be very successful. So something, something I've seen a lot of. I mean, probably half the top eights of the last, like, three or four days uh, were Niv to Light decks. I think it's what, what, you know, it's a toolbox deck, right? But instead of tutoring for single cards, I mean, you just fill your hand up. Right. You I get, yeah, yeah, exactly right. I love yeah, that deck. Yeah. I really do. I think that deck is super sweet. Um, I've played against it a few times. It's gotten me a couple times. I've gotten it a couple times. It just seems like every set is just going to make that deck a little bit better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like, adding cards to its arsenal. Adding cards that it can find, because it, it needs to have multicolored cards to find with Nimizit. Mm -hmm. And um, hey, it's it's slowly bringing Siege Rhino out of extinction. We're reintroducing yeah. them into the wild. Oh, kind of funny because Siege Rhino, I don't think is is not you a card. Get it. And, yeah, you can't get it. You just, you're just legit playing Siege Rhino for the hell of playing Siege Rhino. So that made me wonder if the if the deck was kind of like a meme or something like that. But people just want to play those Siege Rhinos, I guess. I mean, if you're gonna have enough to play five mana, like five colors, right? I mean, like you could play two Siege Rhinos. You could you could you could get the Rhinos in there. Plus, I'm still encountered it. So yeah, I, I would, like, like I said. Mana Confluence is quite expensive. And it hurts quite a bit. They don't even play Mana Confluence. What is this new list? What are you talking about? They play yeah. Mana Confluence. No, there's no Mana, there's no Mana Confluence in this particular list. They are playing the Comes Into Play Tapped uh, Wedgelands, though. At least a couple and of like, them. And like four Fable Passage, mm -hmm. and uh, one of each basic land. I'm looking at a bunch of different lists, Ricky, right now, and I've seen... Alright, here's a list that plays two Mana Confluence. Yeah. But, like, oh, man. I have looked at like a bunch of different lists, and it's... Pretty low on the mana confluence count. This deck is actually is probably abusing pretty hard to Fairy Time Rover. That's another one of the Planeswalkers Ruckman was very high on. Uh, very, very I, good I'm card. Still, I'm still very high on it. Like I said, yeah. I was talking to Chris earlier this week, and I was just like, 
you know, I'm not... I mean, Azorius Control is still doing very well, and I definitely think it's a deck that I like. I just... With everything that I've just been going on lately, I just don't know if I have the mental patience to play that deck anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think playing uh, Niv-Mizzet Perun uh, really just fried my brain uh, in being able to play out long games of Magic mm-hmm. uh, sure. with, you know, 20, 20 trigger stacks, right. uh, especially in the control type of decks. And I'm thinking about trying to offload a bunch of those cards, but I'm like, oh, but I'll probably keep the Time Rattlers because we could put those into, like anything yeah. <laughs> and they'll be good mm-hmm. right yeah. like i, I kind of want to build some bad spirits maybe and that's a card you're just gonna play i mean teferi is gonna be one of those cards where people i feel like people are gonna complain about it and i think it's gonna be good i just don't think it's gonna be like as oppressive as in those other formats i've also sure. seen a lot of thought distortion over the weekend and it never got played against me but i watched that card get cast in like matches sitting next to me all Which the card? time thought distortion which one's that we gotta it Google is, that one. It is a it is black, black, and four, for a sorcery that cannot be countered, and you dress their whole hand. What? Yeah, they reveal their hand, and you exile all non-creature, non-land cards from their hand and their graveyard. What is this card? It's an it's a six mana uncommon. It's a six mana uncommon. I've seen it everywhere. It looks like the best chiropractic thing. Like, oh, I, I want my neck cracked like that. Yeah. What about like... Rakdos's uh, Rakdos's return? What's that card? Red, black, yeah, X. Return? Yeah, that's What's the, the red black X one? It makes them discard cards. In, inverse faces rev. Yeah. Yeah. They take X damage and they discard X cards. I've seen that yeah, card do some stuff. That could be countered though. Sure. Discard. Can. I've this seen it. Not be. Um, I saw it like against controlled X all the time. Just like the green black X decks, or I saw a couple of green black seasons past decks that were playing it, and that card looked like it was doing some work. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Just random. Also, I I think I saw a mono green deck bring it in. Hot. Wow. Like the mono green, like ramp deck? Yeah. They just like hit some black lands and cast Thought Distortion. Huh. That's the new hotness, is what you're saying. You heard it here first, or second, or third. We don't know. We don't know who else is talking about it. Randomly, while looking through these Niv to Light lists, I see it's in a lot of Niv to Light sideboards as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. Which is odd, but you know. I do like the Niv to Light decks. Yeah, I mean, here's a Rekos' return. That's what I was going get that from. It's, uh, It's a very interesting strategy. I mean, right? I mean, it's just. Again, you're, if you want a toolbox strategy that isn't a single tutor, right, that you're not just relying on, like, a Fae of Wishes type effect, I mean, here you go. Here's just keep your hand full. It just requires some uh, interesting deck-building requirements, right? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a pretty hot bring to light. That's what I'll say. If you cast that for five colors, getting a 6-6 six, six that also... I mean, you're basically just casting nif I mean, like... Getting a bunch of cards, so like you're, you're just the best value deck, right? Like you're, you don't even have to necessarily be a toolbox because like you just get your deck. So whatever's in your deck to battle the metagame is is in your hand as soon as you cast your new visit. Oh yeah, you just gotta hope your opponent doesn't cause a forty minute appeal. What? I like this list here that's also playing Serac Dragon Call on the board. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big boy. Uh, okay, so Chris, obviously you 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 missed the story. Uh, anyway, I don't, we don't have to get full. It's a pretty long story. But okay. essentially, Ricky was involved in a judge call with a 40-minute appeal over Bring Delight in Modern. Yeah. Oh, I probably heard that story. I cast Bring Delight and got Scape Shift, and my opponent said resolves, and then and then it, he didn't want it to resolve. And then forgot yeah. English. Uh, yeah. No English. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's some... There you go, people. I mean, if you're wearing a monocolor, here's, here's a five-color deck list. Right. Go yeah, on the other way. 
Costs one million dollars to get all your freaking lands there. The deck's five hundred dollars. It's only you know it's about like two. Th- it's you know it's only a couple hundred bucks more than Chunky Red. I mean, Chunky Red's like three hundred bucks, and like that's like you know multiple car multiple play sets, not one ofs. Yeah, like the mono red deck has decks that are, has cards in it that are gonna see play in all the other decks, and then technically your mana base could see play in other decks, but it's a bunch of one ofs in the lands. Are you trying to tell me that uh, cut ribbons? Is it going to see play in other decks? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to tell you. What I am telling you. What about Oath of Kaya? What about Oath of Kaya? Oath of Kaya might be in in this pod deck next week. We'll see. Let me tell you, though. Of the decks here on the the list here, if you go to the metagame on MTG Goldfish, Mono Green Stompy is the cheapest deck right now. And let me tell you, this deck is a ton of fun to play. Uh, In the words of Todd Anderson, that deck slaps. Um, the Serac the Hunt Caller is the real MVP of this deck. Mm-hmm. I played against this deck a couple of times in the uh, in the PTQs, and uh, I always had to go to game three because like it was just like I'm gonna play Steel Leaf Champion on turn two, turn three play Serac and attack you for ten. Yep. And I was like, well, that's really scary. And then they <laughs> untap and they go Galta, give it haste, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I I like this deck a lot, and I almost have the stuff to play this deck because you instantly just almost have this whole deck from playing Mono Green Devotion. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just Nykthoses and Galtas. Yeah, I just I just think Mono Green Devotion is a little more fun to me. Uh, but this deck is also amazing and fun, and I just you know I'm just the Galtas away from building it in paper. So oh, your boys got Galtas over here. Yeah, actually, I I need Galta. I need a couple more cards than that. But okay, essentially, right. like investment wise. I'm just some golfers away from building it. Gotcha, gotcha. I could I could probably walk around San Antonio and find all these other cards though. I, I bet you can. They're literally just on the street in San Antonio. If you just walk around San Antonio, <laughs> oh. uh, you will just find Yorvos and Serac Hunt Collars just on the on the road. <laughs> are, they, are they are they panhandling, bro? Uh, no, no, no. They're just, nobody wants them. You need oh, to take them no. home. To, to to wrap up this because I, I had some I wrote down even some thoughts on this deck was like um, I I think this is kind of the control deck that we're going to see for the next at least couple weeks. Um, like, why... I was thinking, like, you know, what, what makes this deck so good? And, like, you know, well, what made, in, in essence, <clears throat> what made Field of the Dead uh, so good was it had just the best inevitability. It had a it had creature generation that cost it nothing, so you didn't really have to play win cons. This deck is just one of the best because it's just one of the best card advantage engines. So talking about the decks that have inevitability, it's hard to outvalue this deck, especially in the late game. And I think Control is going to have a very hard time doing so. So I think this is kind of like, in essence, your de facto Control deck. Because I think what it's doing, it's late game, um, besides maybe a season's pass or something like that, is and even probably better than that. Uh, I haven't played the decks unfortunately, so uh, one of the best inevitability decks that are out there right now. So this is probably where we're going with control right now. I I I, I appreciate that take, but I you know I don't want to try and just poo poo you, but I just I just think blue white control has maybe a little bit of a a better matchup against some of like the more aggressive style decks. Oh man, the removal in this though. I mean, in this you're playing some of the same removal and you get to do more value stuff. So, like, you get your 1-4 removals, you get your things, and then, like, pretty quickly you just refill your hand, and you don't have to, like, you still get great creatures for that. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I think it's still got some game, because they, like, anytime you're playing counter spells, you can do stuff, but the fact that, like, there's one blue control deck, and there's, like, five in this event, and, like, four in another event, and four in another event, are what kind of led me to that conclusion. Okay, I mean, like, you know, again, you may be right. I'm just, you know, I'm still biased. You know, I do play... 
I've played a lot of Blue Light Control, right? Obviously, you know. Right. Uh, you're going to play what you know. I just think that it's probably the best toolbox, but I, I think that, like, saying it's the best control deck might be a little bit of a stretch. Maybe. I mean, like, I, when I look at, like, the Field of the Dead decks, I count those as control because of kind of what they're trying to do. Like, they're not a true combo. They're not really tempoing. So, like, anything with inevitability, trying to control the game is what I would count it as. So, like, it's definitely not a true control deck, and so with that, I definitely can see that point. But um, it's probably one of the decks that, if you're looking for a deck with inevitability, this deck probably okay, that, has the best. Okay, I, I can definitely get behind that, then. I like, you know, you just you just land your Niv-Mizzet Reborn, and you're just going to fill your hand right back up, right? Exactly right. For for five mana, and uh, you have technically, like, what, seven niv You're playing three and four Bring the Lights? Right. you got a lot of ways to get it, that's for sure. Well, all right. Well, that's some good talk about the current format right now. You know, I think we're talking about a bunch of monocolor. We're talking about a lot of multicolor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so clearly, I mean, guys, listeners, this format is still, you know, it's pretty open. I mean, obviously, you know, in two weeks we're going to have an even bigger shakeup when Theros Beyond Death drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, off the back of that uh, top five, I had the chance to help Prof with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was hoping we had a little more time to get your guys' uh, ways in on that, but, you know, I took a lot of some of what we talked about into consideration with producing that list. Uh, so let's get some let's get some closing thoughts on uh, the Theros spoilers, you know? Are there any big shakeups you think are going to happen? You know, what are some of the the big players would be outside that top five. Uh, you know, I was a little crunch for time and helping get that list out to the prof, but... That's still a good list. Yeah. I mean, but I definitely feel like, you know, uh, in retrospect, even as I was writing it and sent it off, I mean, there's still plenty of cards I missed, right? I mean, this set is chock full of options. Chonk and full? Chonk full of options, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I mean, so obviously, uh, let's start with some of the ones that, you know... Uh, I might have missed, or, you know, we might have missed when going over it with the prof and producing him, like, an idea of a top five, right? Right. I mean, I want to start with Shadow Spear. Yeah, I I feel so bad for forgetting about Shadow Spear. I legitimately forgot that card, because I love the Little Gritty Run spoiler for that video for that so much. Oh, and yeah. People, if you, ha- if you hadn't had the chance to go watch it, highly recommend watching it. They're, they're, if people that, you know, I don't think anyone in the Magic community doesn't know who Learning Ready Run is, you know, the people that made Friday Nights and stuff like that. Uh, but if you have not seen that video, go to their YouTube channel and watch it. It is highly entertaining. It's a hoot. This card is very, very pushed. Yep. And it is very, very good. And I want to remove Hexproof from Lotus Field and then Field of Ruin it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good that's a good thought. This is definitely uh, some tech against that if you if you really want to beat it. Um, it also allows you to abrupt decay a heliod. Ooh, ooh, um, don't don't do me like that. It allows you to abrupt decay a Thassa, which right. may or may not be important. Uh, it can don't don't let Ed find out about our tech on that. We can't it. We can't let the boy know. It completely no. blanks heroic intervention. Yeah. Oh, no. It just says no to let, that card. Let the spell resolve, but, and then activate cat, this. But Cat Dad. So, with Shadow Sphere in play, I go to kill your guy, and you try to heroic intervention or blossoming defense your guy. Uh, I just let your spell resolve, and then activate Shadow Sphere. If your opponent is casting those cards while you have this on the field, they're a brave soul. They're they're more brave <laughs> than I am, I'll tell you that much. That's that's a brave man right there. I that, see your Shadow Spear. I dare you. I dare you to activate that Shadow Spear. It gives two of the most important keywords in Trample and Lifelink. Yeah, it does. And, and it takes like, away the other two most important ones. <laughs> if, if, if that Hexproof and Indestructible ability wasn't there, for a one-mana equipped two, 
give plus one plus one and trample lifelink is already very pushed, right? Right. I think it's strong. It's reasonably strong. It's it's a decently strong card. I think that the activated ability. Now I will say that Pithing Needle hoses this card so hard it's really funny because you can't right, equip yeah. it and you can't right. activate it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but you know, again, get your Phyrexian Rokers ready. To Chris's point about you know why are you playing those cards into the the activation of Shadow Spear? Look, sometimes your opponent's got Chalice out, and if they forget it's there, mm-hmm. gates open. Them angles. Gates open. Them angles. The angles. <laughs> you, sometimes you know your you just got to make sure your opponent is aware of what's going on. You know, you, now, I I can't tell you how many things I've just stolen. Like you got it. You know, I definitely I definitely can understand like if your opponent was playing something main phase like. Maybe you could play this afterwards. Like, for some reason, if they were just a madman and they were like, you know, before anything happens, just in case, let me cast Heroic Intervention. You could be like, ah, Shadow Spear, gotcha. You know? Oh, look, if it's your only out 20 a game, go for it. Sure, sure. Also, all they my, can All mess my legal targets gain fear. I think they can mess it up, right? So if I go Heroic Intervention and you go, in response, I want to activate Shadow Spear, I can say, okay. And then my creatures get Hexproof and Indestructible. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, the PSA, if you have Heroic Intervention, cast it and hope they mistime their activation. And if you have Shadow Spear, let the spell resolve and then activate it. Yeah, hmm. that, that, is, that is very important, right? And it, we're going to run into a lot of, uh, like, when, when vehicles are first introduced in Kaladesh, it's like, okay, I want to go to attackers. Yeah. All right, sure, go to attackers. Okay, crew my vehicles attack? Well, no, no, no. The uh, Shadow Spear, I think, is going to be very, very good. And honestly... A card that I think that nobody is talking about, maybe, maybe nobody should be talking about, but I do think Shadow of the Sky isn't the worst Wrath. Yeah, I I feel like people are talking about it very negatively. I feel like if you want a four mana Wrath, you either have to be white blue, or you have to be white black, and so just or or you're settle the wreckage. Right. So I, I don't think Shadow of the Sky is bad. It might not see a lot of play. It might be a situational sideboard card in some green-white deck, but, like... Four mana is pretty strong, though. I, I do have to say that. It is four mana. Sometimes your opponent plays around Settle. I am still in the camp that Settle is one of the worst magic cards ever printed because it's so easy to play around. That is... That's... that's that's You should save that for your hot take tonight because that, that's a bold statement. Right there. <laughs> I mean... One of the most... There's, there's a five mana one two with flying that exists, and that's what it does. That's uh, dagger claw imp, isn't that the card? Five dagger claw. Imp. I just think I just think that people people poo poo on settle, but when settle's good, settle's no, no, good. It's a three mana three one. Okay. I I think I you know I'm one of those people that when my opponent knows I have the settle, I like those games even more because then then you're just in the mind game field already, right? They're playing your game now. I'd Somebody over here is Googling Chimney Imp. I do also want to say with like cards like Tectonic Giant looks good, the new Titan looks Giant, good. Tectonic Giant, I want to do a lot of stuff, yeah. I and mean, this might just be things. standard only, but it looks like Realm Cloaked Giant might have a lot more relevant text um, than he did have a set before. Phoenix Boys, do you guys, how are you, are you still still hot on Ox of Agonis? You know, how do you feel about that card? Um, That's a tough one. The Haste Phoenix that comes out of my yard is probably better, Phoenix of Ash. Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. I don't think we have room for it, though, but... Uh, okay, the card I was thinking of, by the way, is Chimney, Chimney Imp. Imp. Yeah. Chimney Imp. If you want a good little laugh and you have that kind of time, you can actually rate magic cards on the official Gatherer website. Uh, <laughs> some trolls... It used to have one star. Some trolls have bumped this up to a three out of five stars, and if you want to go ahead and... Uh, 
uh, get yourself a laugh. Go read the reviews on Chimney Imp, the five-mana one-two flyer that, when it dies, an opponent puts a card from their hand on top of their library. Five-mana uh, one-two. While you're at it, Chris... Ricky compares that to Settle the Wreckage. I want you to go look up Scornful Egotist. That has some good reviews. We're doing Scornful Egotist. You guys carry on with the podcast. I know what that card is. Uh, that's the morph guy that's eight mana. Yeah, all hail the great Egotist. Um, wow. Yep. Underworld Breach is good. Yeah? Uh, is, that, yeah. is that the Yawgmoth's Will? Bold statements only, but it's Yawgmoth's Will. And yeah. even if you're just using it to just, like, like imagine, like, Underworld Breaching and then, uh, like, just casting a bunch of adventure cards. Sure. Like, out of your yard. Like, you just Underworld Breach and then, like, uh, like, uh, Love's Desire, Love's Desire, Stomp. And, like, you essentially built yourself a new hand for next turn. Yeah, because you can actually cast those cards. Because then you can cast those cards from their adventures. I mean, people Yawgmoth's Will for, like, one or two cards all the time. So, like, even if you can't do a ton, I, you know, like I said, unfortunately, it's in a color that does not yield to some of the dope things you could probably do, but, again, this might just be, I think Ruckman had a good point where it's like, maybe this just goes in, like, some chonky red just to, like, get your, some, some of your threats back or burn your opponent out, you know? Give yourself some reach. Um, or I some breach, if you will. <laughs> a, a card that I don't know what it goes into yet, but I'm curious... Is dry to the Elysian Grove because I just feel like it's it got to be It goes in mono green. Uh, it's going to be in my pod deck. Spoilers. It lets okay. you play an extra land every turn. I mean, sure. is that is that a card you would play in uh, in Niv to make the mana easier? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's two for. I mean, it lives through a bunch. I mean, yeah. Like um, said, you I can't, the only thing is you can't get it with with. But they're playing like Sylvan Carroted, so it's like if you if you're heavy on lands, like you can play additional lands and they tap for any color, it makes your mana a lot easier. Yeah. I think it's worth a try. I don't know. I think Polkronos Unchained is going to be a, a decent card, too, in Pioneer. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's an interesting effect. I mean, it's a big dude when you get to escape it. I mean... That's that's the one that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I, I get the arguments for it. The... Okay. The Stays and Champion's not that bad. I think that there's a lot in this set, and a lot of it will be good in Pioneer. But I think the big ones that we've missed, honestly, were like uh, Shadow Sphere... And a few other like just the smaller stuff like the yeah I mean there there's a card um you know I don't know how great it's gonna be uh, but I look at like a card like Dream Trawler and I just want to believe yeah yeah a lot of us want to believe is it the blue black card that eats cards no it's the it's the blue white Sphinx that's a three five flying oh, no. life I've not I've been fooled by the blue white mythic many 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 <laughs> times it, Ricky but Ricky it's a rare oh it's man rare. remember when Drog Skull Reaver was gonna be really really good. I do. Like, do you remember hey, when Metamind was going to be really, really good? Drog Skull Reaver top 16 to GP. I know because one of our old Magic buddies was the one who, who took that deck to the top 16. I just know that there's going to be a game where I just lose to Hactos. Hactos. And I'm going to and I'm gonna feel real bad about losing to a That's going to be a limited game. No, because here's the thing, right? Someone's going to do dumb stuff with this card, and it's I'm going to lose to it. Man, though, that the, uh, the Constellation art on Heliod is dope. It's so good. I also like that Wizards officially stated that they are not going to take any action against Heliod Walking Ballista combo until after the GPs. So that's that's the thing. That's the thing. You know, we kind of skipped over a bit here. Uh, you know, obviously this Monday, uh, I I don't know how it felt like them getting a ban list out so early in the morning, um, but clearly it was uh, it was a good time at the Denny's mm-hmm. for Pioneer anyway. But right. you know. The, the modern crew over at the IHOP had a rough go of it. Yeah, they were upset. Uh, they were, they were upset. They were upset with their food. 
Uh, but yeah, we're as of Monday, we are officially on the whenever we feel like it. Hell yeah. I guess you want to say mm-hmm. ban list. I mean, there's still gonna be regular released, right? But it's kind of like no schedule anymore. It's just kind of. I feel like you're gonna see them like once a set's been out for a little bit, and then you know, right before the set's been out, or the set comes out, right? Sort of what we're what we're classically used to, but not officially on schedule anymore. That way, they don't have to make a big announcement of the week before of, we're gonna ban something, right? Yep. Uh, and yeah, so like Ricky said, hey, you Heliod players with Walking Blista, you're on notice. We're not gonna do anything yet, mm-hmm. but we're watching but you. We're, but, we're that combo's expensive. That's that's the one that I can't wait to figure out. Like where where's the best place for that? Like, do you See, just play hardened skills anyway? Do you just do you devote to the combo? I don't do agree do? with the argument of it's expensive. It's you can you're going to be able to play it out over time. Mm-hmm. They're going to do things on their own, and then when you just get the combo, you combo. Yeah, if you're playing every piece out like in one turn, it's nine mana, right? But it, Heliod's a fire and forget. You can put on the battlefield. It's probably staying there. Unless you get Shadow Spirit. Unless it gets Shadow Spear. Like, but I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I hear you. Like, And again, I, that, that's why I think like Hardened Scales type effects might be pretty interesting. It's like, that cuts the combo cost almost in half, right? Where instead of six, it, it'll cost four. Because like, you play Ballista for two, get your extra counter, now we can give it lifelink and we can go off. Yeah. I want to see if we can do something Perforo still. I'm like, is if it's like just cheating in like an Ilharg and then putting something else into play good enough? I don't think Perforo is going to be that great. Uh, Somebody's how do you feel? How do you feel about Arastas being in every fat pack, Ricky? I don't. I, I don't feel. I, I am <laughs> I terrified. <laughs> I don't like that magic card. It it specifically outs me. It literally. It might as well just have flavor text of at also Steve. Like it, it is coming for me. Change that flavor text. We need to get that alter done right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is uh very very against everything I want to be doing, which is casting spells. So. I don't like it, and I don't like that it's more available, but other players are going to like that, so I guess that's good. Yeah, if you hate playing against Phoenix, here you go, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Wreck them. Phoenix is easy. There's All a right, lot so, of great too. So there's, clearly there's a bunch to unpack with Theros, and the next couple weeks I'm really interested in seeing how this format absorbs these cards and what changes. Uh, who knows? I mean, we, we could be looking in three weeks' time, you know? I mean, even like a week's time, right? Uh, we could be looking, maybe not a week's time, obviously. In the next episode, we're not going to see any real changes yet. But, you know, two, three weeks, we could be looking at a whole different format. And it's really exciting, right? I mean, with Modern and some of these other formats, you know, something really spicy has to come out to, to make changes and make waves in the format. But Pioneer, we're still young enough that if something big comes out, it could just upset everything. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to take a whole lot to even upset everything. I think that every set is exciting. With Yeah, yeah exactly. They're trying to trying to sell packs out there, and they're succeeding. All right, so speak. So, but you know, before we before we edge away here from from Theros, I just wanted to. Uh, we, I, I spoke about this uh, with Chris and Ricky earlier before we started recording. Uh, I think next week's episode we're going to do something kind of fun for you guys, and I pr- approached them with the idea of we're each going to pick a card, and we are going to build a seventy-five featuring that card. It could be there could be other cards in it from Theros as well. But uh, just sort of get the get the gears flowing, that like joining in with everyone else, all the other content producers who are giving you guys sort of thought pieces on Theros. We're gonna next week we're gonna present to you guys uh, to coincide with you guys enjoying uh, release weekend. We're gonna sort of give you guys some ideas on uh, just some decklist ideas. You know, there might not be the actual top dogs, right? But you know, just to get the gears flowing with what's what what's possible with Theros, right? Get some bruise uh, in there. Yeah. So I unfortunately made Ricky really mad, and I said I want to take Uro. 
Yeah, so I'll take the other Titan. What's his name? Krix? Kroxa? Kroxa. Kroxa. Kroxa, yeah. And Chris, what do you want to do? Uh, I'm going to do Enigmatic Incarnation, the card that I was kind of talking about like last week. Just the pod style deck. Um, I think there's some interesting things I'm going to do with that. Mine's probably going to be... Uh, it's not going to be that budget-friendly, unfortunately, with lands, but probably could make it better budget-friendly. Sure. All right. Well, we will uh, have these deck lists out. We'll talk to them. We'll talk about them. I'll, I'll post them out on Twitter, right, uh, when the episode goes live so everyone can actually see them in front of them. Uh, mm-hmm. So that'll be a fun time going into next week. Uh, and I look forward to seeing what you guys bring to the table. But are you guys are you guys ready for hot takes now? Anything else before we want to talk about before we go into hot takes? Yeah, I think we finally got some kind of Twitter interaction after after we got plugged. So like, um, uh, people talk people budget magic's always like a hot topic. So we are probably going to do some, if not next week, um, the week after some like budget or even on Twitter, just throwing out some ideas, some some kind of budget magic ideas. Um, I think next week is going to be a lot of this deck idea, and then what we're doing at Pack South because I'm I'm pretty hyped for that, obviously. Um, but we will we will introduce some budget magic if that's what people want. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if, if there stuff. if there are you know in this new format, we're not just going to be breaking down leagues every week, right? Uh, trying to do more of just thought pieces on the format as a whole. Mm-hmm. So if there are any topics you guys you listeners want to have us cover, uh, you can reach out to us at Crew Three Podcast on Twitter. Chris and Ricky are also on Twitter as well. But a good we, we follow that. Yeah, if you if you want to add that, we'll respond. Uh, yeah, they'll yeah. see it. So and I try and be as as responsive as possible as reasonably as possible, right, on the Twitter. You know, I was talking with some people earlier today. So, again, I, that's pretty much it for right now. So let's uh, let's take on the hot takes. Reigning King Chris, are you ready? I am ready. Reigning, ch- or I guess, newcomer challenger once again, oh, fighting Lord. for his right to not go into the alleyway. Uh, Ricky, are you ready? Um, You know what? I'm ready. Okay. Uh, King Chris, uh, would you like to... I can go uh, first. I'm going to give Ricky a little bit of time to develop oh, his. My okay, right, uh, right. my hot topic is a little bit a little bit different a little bit different this week. It's always a little uh, bit different. It, me, it is me, always a little bit different. Let it's me know you're ready to start. Different. Ready to have you start the clock again? We're not the whole of this clock, but it's just a little rough. All right, all right. Go ahead and start that clock. All right, all right. This weekend at Pack South, I and not Ricky Lynn will be reigning Crew Three champion of Magic the Gathering. I say this because in Limited, I have utterly destroyed my more successful Magic the Gathering counterpart, Ricky Lin, in Limited, with such great combos as Splinter Twin on Conquering Manticore in two separate drafts, and other times where I scooped him into the top eight of a draft or sealed. So this kind of limited, more limited format uh, is where I will reign supreme. And Ricky was like, oh, I'm going to go home with a case before we started recording. But that is false. In fact, Chris Klein will be going home with that case from Pack South on Sunday, and you can bet your whole life on that, brother. It's trying to do a little, uh, little Hulk Hogan thing at the end there, but that is that is my hot take for this week: is that I will be, if not the champion, I will have more points at the end of the weekend than Ricky Lynn will. All right, Chris Klein's hot take: Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, brother. That's right. Hulkamania's coming. For hide you. your kids. Hide your wife. That's a different person, but, you know, we'll go with it. It is a different uh, person. Um, so, I, you know, Ricky, I think, is going to be grinding a little more than us. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to figure out a way to, to broach that. Uh, by, uh, by you appreciate guys definitely are going to be throwing grinding more than me. Oh, that's yeah. right. You got stuff he's got, he's got set it off. We've, I'm throwing down the gauntlet. This is, this is old I've school me versus my BFF Ricky. my entire hot topic. 
<laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I knew oh, he could not resist right. well, the gauntlet. As, as, as the resident wrestling fan, I'm glad I'm judging promo class today, apparently. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Next Wednesday uh, at SummerSlam. Ricky, Ricky, are you ready look, for your rebuttal? Look, when you sit down to play a game of Magic, uh-huh. you've got a 50% uh-huh. chance oh, of winning <laughs> a game of Magic. But I'm a genetic freak, That's your hot take? and I'm not normal. <laughs> so against me, you've got a 66.6% chance of me winning that game. Okay. So, Senor Chris, you take mm-hmm. your 33 and a third's chance of winning, and we add Kurt Angle to the mix, uh-huh. and your chances of winning drastically go down. All I'm saying is 33% so of the, the time, the three way, works every time. At Sacrifice, at Pack South, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's going to be me. The numbers uh-huh. do not lie, Chris Dang. Klein. And they Here's spell the disaster for, for you at Pack South. Oh no! Let me go ahead. And, let me go ahead and get our. Let me go ahead and get our oh. unofficial theme song for this wrestling. Do not. This do wrestling not bonanza. Over, do not play it over the podcast audio. Why not? Because I don't want to get caught oh. for copyright. Oh. Just, just censor me. Mic drop. Mm. Turn, turn off, stupid horse. <laughs> turn it off. Stupid horse has been turned off. Get back in the Porsche. Okay, get, get right, back, uh, we're back in the Porsche. We're back Ricky, in the Porsche. Ricky, I want you to know that uh, you know the way to my heart is Steiner Math. Uh, if, for those that don't know, uh, and I highly recommend go looking it up, uh, an old TNA promo by one Scott Steiner, the genetic freak, Big Papa Pump, the Big Bad Booty Daddy. That's right. Uh, the Scott Steiner Math promo is one of the best. Scott Steiner has one of the... He is, is a promo god in delivering just really bad promos where he just flubs something and ridiculously. Uh, for those that don't know, also, this last week on NWA Power, available on YouTube, Scott Snyder made his wrestling return. What? To sort of a major, really? <laughs> I mean, he's, been, he's been doing stuff with the Independence for a while, but he made his return to NWA Power nice. this week. Uh, so, Chris, yeah. I respect you throwing down the gauntlet, uh, but even though Ricky did slightly mess up trying to adapt Steiner math, um, Ricky... You can come in from the cold. Oh my! Yes, I, I, I graciously accept <laughs> my loss this week. Math. One of my favorite, just real quick, uh, flubs was by Randy Orton, who for a while tried to go with the tagline, "I don't demand respect, I command it." And that went on for about three weeks before anybody told him, "Hey, that's just nonsense." And he finally stopped it. All right, all right, I, I will be quiet. I'm muting myself. Ricky's got the podium. All right, I would like to say that I will respectfully listen to every Oro deck that Ruckman comes up with next week, but the best Oro deck is going to be Dredge. Uh, Oro is going to find the greatest home in Sultai Dredge. He is going to be the best card and the best reason to be dumping your entire deck into your graveyard, and I cannot wait. I bought I bought a bunch of Watery Graves, I bought Foil Scrap Heap Scroungers, I bought new Merfolk Secret Keepers to... Be ready for the new Titan, and I cannot wait to play Oro in my Dredge deck after Theros officially releases, and now I am more hyped than ever about PAX to destroy in some sealed events and make it into the PAX Sunday event and win my case. Uh, we go from the crowd has been passed from one, the nature boy Chris Klein, <laughs> to the Woo! son of a plumber Ricky Lynn, uh, <laughs> dropping them hot times to daddy on y'all. Um, so yeah, great episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we've been we're gonna get PAX this weekend. Uh, of course, by the time I... this episode this episode goes up, it will be PAX weekend. 
Yeah, I'll um, probably be there. We were there were some issues with we were trying to get the, the the logo updated, so we didn't actually go through with getting that sticker printout that we were initially talking about. Uh, I might still make an emergency run to try and get some printed real fast to have a few to sort of hand out to people. Uh, but we'll be at PAX. We'll be there all weekend. Uh, Chris, I know you're working on something special. Do you want to tell the listeners sort of? I mean, we've we've talked about it a little bit here and there, but do you want to you want to give more teaser into what you're sort of going to be doing for us at PAX? Yeah, I, you know, we may have gone to it more than I think I've planned because last week um, I didn't play much Magic, and part of that was because I was teasing the the video setup that I'm going to do. But we're going to have our first ever YouTube video up sometime next week. Um, I've been messing around with editing some videos, very busy with that. Got a setup, um, a reasonably you know like semi nice uh, setup. Got a nice gimbal and everything like that to do some recording for us, to do some vlogging while we're there, so you guys can kind of be see what it's kind of like there. I want to capture some of that, see what we're up to, so. Um, hopefully my phone can handle the storage because it's going to be a lot of footage. Yeah, you guys will, you know, hopefully this is a way for you guys to get to know us a little better as well, right? I mean, right now we're just talking heads on the internet, but hopefully this guy, you know, we will get to learn a little bit more about us, see, see sort of how we hang out, how we interact outside the some, podcast. Some saucy hotel room footage is what you're saying. Look, I'm not saying there will be Money Match Beyblade tournaments going on in the hotel oh, room. Oh, Money but, uh, Match Beyblade there, there might be some thuggery Beyblade going on. Okay, I'll tell you what, if you guys want it, Come get it. Almost North American champion Chris Klein is here accepting challengers, as is the Beyblade tradition. <laughs> as is the Beyblade uh, tradition. Yeah. Uh, but we are we are using the Beyblade burst system, guys. We're not using Metal Fight. We're not using OG Beyblades. So you got to bring the current stuff for this. Bring, bring the hotness. Bring the hotness. It's going to be a fun time. So listeners, if you guys, again, if you guys have been with us since episode one, if you're sort of just now joining the crew here... Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for continuing to listen. You know, we're in some changes here still. We're still growing. We're still learning. Uh, but hopefully, you know, you like oh, still what, trying what, to get what we're doing. We're changing. Yeah, we're trying mm-hmm. to get better, obviously, you know. So bear with us as we're changing, as we're growing, as we're improving. If you want to reach out to us, again, the main Twitter that I'm sort of handling is at Crew3Podcast on Twitter. Chris and Ricky, guys, what are, what are your handles there? Uh, at also Steve. And I'm at it's underscore Christmas. You'll see me replying and hearting some of the things that Ruckman does. Perfect. I'll be posting right. my Pioneer Phoenix list very soon. Oh, yeah. that's right. We had some requests for that. Yeah, we did. Um, so I'm going to keep trying to every week as I go play my locals. I'm going to try and tweet out every deck list I play right. You guys can tweet out. I'll retweet whatever you want to do. Um, we'll talk about it. We're going to try and get more deck lists, you know, more eyes on exactly what we've been playing as opposed to just, again, talking heads on the internet, just listing them out to you guys. Anything, again, if you have any ideas, if you guys have any recommendations, at Crew3Podcast on Twitter, and we'll be glad to hear from you guys. Again, spread the word out. I mean, Prof for us did a great job. Uh, Very thankful, very humble to have the opportunity to sort of help him out, help work with him, really. Uh, Have him help us out more than we helped him out, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Guys, anything else? That's it. I got nothing. See you guys next week. See you next week. We'll see you all at PAX and talk to you later. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye.